0: Welcome, sentient beings, from all
1: known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics. Interviews with local area genre devotees and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill.
2: I'm Linda. I'm Charles.
3: I'm Seth. And I'm Chris.
1: And uh, today we're going to be talking uh, about Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is about to wrap up. Uh, we've just watched the uh, penultimate episode. So final show's coming out this coming Thursday. And we just kind of want to chat a little bit about where the season's at and uh, where we think it might be going. And then uh, we'll also jump into a bit of Star Trek Picard. Oh, Michael Burnham's flashing us, <laughs> uh, as, she, it, Bill. as she's wont to do. Um, <laughs> You're so so lucky. so uh, anyway, now let's see. I, I know Chris and I and Linda are up on Discovery. Is uh, Seth and Charles probably not?
3: I I have not um, started the latest season yet.
1: Oh, it of Discovery. Is. Oh, all right, all right, all right. So I
3: still
0: off. haven't finished the first season
3: wow oh, what? you're missing out on some really good stuff sir
0: you are all
3: right all right good gosh
2: <laughs>
1: well um yeah and we're all kind of um um fighting being awake after the time change
0: although they should
2: not, let's just start with that they should not mess with time
0: yeah, that's right,
3: that's yeah. right
0: and you're okay with that being a chief rule don't mess with time
1: Right. Unlike this season of Picard, (laughs) great segue, which uh, now, Chris, you are up on that, right? Uh, Picard, yes. All right. Well, let's start there. Okay. All right. And uh, so we've got some excitement going on here. We've got Q in this season. We've seen Guinan. Um, And I think um, one of the things that may not have been readily apparent in uh, episode two um, was that uh, there's a little uh, Brent Spiner in there at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that statue at the end of uh, the episode, they kind of have a pan out of um, a city. Uh Not sure where that was, but there's a big, Holographic statue there, and uh, it said Sung on the no, end.
3: Unfortunately, I, I uh, I missed that, so I'll have to go I, back. Yeah, I missed that too. I, I knew he was going to be in this season, but I wasn't sure what, how, what, or how his part was going to play into this. So, yeah, um, this is very interesting, then. Okay,
1: yeah, and actually, uh, his voice is the voiceover we hear at the end where, um, you hear the line that we heard General Picard, and mm-hmm. in where the uh, the changed timeline that we're in now, yes. uh, Picard's a general instead of an admiral, but his uh, famous line is, "A safe galaxy is a human galaxy." Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and so'll uh, I'll, uh, uh, for those listeners wondering what this season's kind of all about, I'll kind of recap what what happened in season two and what's going on why yeah. Y Q is involved and what what's really going on here? and And you know, this takes place a little bit of time after season one ends, and uh, everyone's kind of moved on and found their footing within uh, Starfleet. Um, and and Picard is is uh, started making his own, uh, I think it was just like a wine uh, type of a product, a sell that that he was making on his land. No, he's yeah. always
0: been making wine.
3: Well, yes, but like they were pretty focused on like this branding thing. That it looked like it was going through like a rebranding or something like that in the beginning of this season. Um, and anyway, so uh, there's an anomaly that shows up in space because that's what happens, right? All <laughs> hungry, and an anomaly shows up in space.
0: That's just Star Trek, right there. Yeah, right. So, uh, Everyone's going about their thing, and an anomaly shows up in space. Yes. Um, and the Trek. Enterprise.
2: Is- the Enterprise is the only ship in the Quadrant.
0: <laughs> I, yeah,
3: yeah. So, uh, um, it shows up, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what do they call it? The USS stargazer and, uh, goes to investigate. And, um, uh, ultimately after some, uh, uh scanning of the anomaly, they find a message that's being communicated out of it, uh, in a bunch of different languages that says Picard, we need your help with something to that effect. Um, and they'll only communicate with Picard. So naturally, Picard's like, you know, I'm just trying to retire here and go on about my life. And now I got to get back on a damn
0: starship and go back up in the space. Well, actually, actually he's, he's no, not. He's the, he's the <laughs> commandant of the Academy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he gets on a ship, goes back out um, to the Stargazer. Uh, and uh a ship comes out of the anomaly okay and it's a Borg ship and at this but it's
1: not it's yeah it's not the usual
3: board yeah, it? It definitely identifies with a Borg entity and yeah. at this point Starfleet's like oh shit right um and and there's a cool shot where they pan to when the when backup arrives right you get all these ships flying in you know, out of warp speed all around the area surrounding this anomaly with a ship kind of poking out of it in space.
1: Um, and and if I can just jump in for a second here, this is a beautiful shot. It is. And, and one of the things I like the most about it is that we see a bunch of different classes yes. of starships, mm-hmm. uh, including some that um, we've only seen in the animated series. Um, now we're seeing them in the in the um, live action series. And it's far different from the season ender of Picard's season one, where we saw the whole fleet of Federation ships and Romulan ships. And it was pretty obvious that it was a cut and paste. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took one starship <laughs> and just, you know. Agreed. Peppered it around, so this was a welcome, welcome change. But anyway, go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and, and thank you for calling that out. I wanted to call that, that shot out because it was it was unique to me when I was watching it in that there was there was a bunch of different chips from different classes. They all showed up, um, so you get you get the sense that there's no politics here, there's no cautionary here. They know what they're up against, and they've <laughs> said everybody, everybody uh to come defend this this line right hold the line we know what we know what the threat is so in this altercation ultimately what happens is they're like look we want to we want to discuss terms if you will <laughs> and there's a couple different mindsets here right uh you don't negotiate with the board right. and it must, you know it must be a trick or is this some kind of um what did Picard say a, a pivoting point in history
1: um and and go ahead let me just add one thing here too in that when that um when they get that first message from the Mm -hmm. what we now know as the borg yep that first message that came through the anomaly help us picard um they also transmitted um, um article 15 of the federation charter which was an application for membership i think
3: yes to the to the starfleet yeah
1: yeah. Yep. So so when they arrive here, they think that it's this species on the other side of this anomaly that mm-hmm. wants Picard to help them negotiate membership in the Federation. And then all of a sudden this Borg ship emerges and now, you know, you have all of Starfleet responding and, you know, these alarm mm-hmm. bells are going off. So anyway, yep. yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah. So. um Ultimately, they say, hey, look, we're just going to come aboard and we'll check this out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it shields up red alert across the fleet. right? Because uh, you just
1: don't let the board, and it's not right. just any
3: Borg. Right, it's not just any Borg. So, so everyone's freaking out, right? They're like, whoa, 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 whoa slow down. But the Borg is basically like, look, we're, we're coming on board. There's nothing you can do about it. So you see this big green beam hit the shields of the ship or whatever as their, as their transporter type beam. It's penetrating their shields and then boom, lands them right onto the bridge. And uh, so then you get this uh, entity, this Borg entity, assuming that the new queen, if you will, um, uh, shows up looked, on the bridge. She, and she looked different. Yeah, she did. She, she well, looked really intimidating, if anything. Very so, intimidating. She a really, was and a really that, new reimagining of the Borg in the future. Right. And so, she had that, that Doc Ock. Yeah, like, well, so she's got going these, on, right? These, uh, you know, because you pentacles. can't have space Yes, tentacles, right? So she's right. got these tentacles that come out.
0: <laughs> <And> she's <connected laughs> and them to the going ship. to a different type <laughs> of anime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
3: she's got these uh, tentacles that come out, connect to the ship's uh, systems, it just basically breaks through the glass and goes straight for the motherboards, right? right yeah, right into uh, the consoles yeah yeah right into the consoles and and is and is uh taking over the ship effectively and walking them out and at this point everyone kind of, flees.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah they there, find man. out that she, or, uh, she's taking over the whole fleet using the stargazer yeah. as a
3: hub yep right yep so uh
1: oh oh and and one thing we should add here yep. that might be making this a lot easier is that the Stargazer has incorporated uh, uh, Borg, technology, yes, Borg right. technology that they got from the artifact, which mm-hmm. was a Borg cube we saw in season one, that the Romulans and the Federation and, and other races were exploring and harvesting technology. Right. And so the Stargazer has this, which may be making it easier for the Borg queen to, to assimilate this ship. And... The rest of the fleet that's there so anyways go ahead
3: yeah so um ultimately they're faced with a tough choice they have seconds to make a decision they're about to lose their fleet to none other than the board and they can't allow that to happen so picard issues a self-destruct and uh, it, it was a short self destruct. I was surprised that, like, yeah, it's it 10 seconds. Like, yes, mm-hmm. pretty
0: sure that was the oh shit code that he, yeah, gave. that's exactly what I think <laughs> it was.
3: It was like, this has got to go and it's got to go. Well, now. <clears> to make your peace. That code that
1: he gave zero 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 zero, power, zero, zero destruct zero yeah, destruct
3: zero or whatever, yep. yeah,
1: that is the exact same code that Captain Kirk used to activate the self-destruct on his ship it had a minute um, it well he said he said a 30 second destruct i think the first time and that was when um it was the um the episode with the uh, guys yeah. that had half of their face black and half white
2: all oh, that one yeah that episode
1: and and um the guy um a beal commissioner beal had you know, taking over control of the ship to take it to Sharon to to take this guy for trial, and Kirk said, "No, you're not going to take over my ship." And so he he activated the self destruct, and that was the final code to get it to go, which we then saw again used in the um, uh, episode "The Search for Spock," I think, where. Okay. Yeah. They had to destroy the ship. So Definitely. and then in that one, as Linda commented, that was like a 60 second self-destruct to give the Klingons time to come on board, get to the bridge, and then yeah. die horribly. <laughs> and then go,
2: Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> get out, get out of there. It, so, it's the only thing that is speaking. Speaking, yeah. let me hear it.
3: <laughs> so we, we tell you that to, to let you know where 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 this is building up to. So Picard issues a self-destruct for for basically the, the ship and it'll destroy the fleet, and the board get nothing, nobody gets anything, and you save the world, right? Yeah. Well, upon the destruction, everything goes white. Big explosion in space, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Picard comes to, he is greeted mm-hmm. by none other than Q. And and Q is being Q, but in an off sense. And, and where this season kind of kicks off is Q has ultimately changed something. He's gone back, and he's changed something in the past and the world that it is now is completely different as a matter of fact picard somehow is completely different uh they're still themselves from the future at least the, the core crew um from the uh from the stargazer and um you know they've been transported to this alternate reality if you will this alternate future and um they're trying to figure out what their roles are what their history is um and picard is some badass general He's basically been eradicating every other race across space. It right. is a complete departure of what you would think of Picard. Um, you know, he's the, uh, uh, dare I say, you know, Putin of space. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs>
0: he's the absolute uh, well,
3: antithesis of the Picard we yeah. know. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: very much so. The, the yes. complete opposite. And and, and so, I've got a question for Chris then. So,
1: are you saying that somewhere in the Kremlin, Putin has a room of skulls?
0: Yeah.
3: You know, <laughs> when I saw that, I was blown away yeah. because like, there's a scene, okay, when, when Picard's discovering what's been going on and, and he's walking through his home, he goes into this trophy room of different skulls <laughs> and it is the most bizarre thing ever because even his his own impression was, what have I done? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. is What yeah. did I just walk into? I'm right. And I've up.
1: seen uh so we we
0: see uh point out skull ducat,
1: which a lot of folks on the internet, including me, are calling skull ducat. And then uh there's the skull of Sarek. I know
0: that's so sad.
1: Yeah, Sarek, uh the Grand Negus Zek from DS9 um and uh, a number of other skulls in the room there and um all of them were people that were killed in some fashion by picard himself and he had the skulls mounted
0: to prove it uh, to
1: commemorate it
0: mm-hmm. publicly executed usually yeah yeah killed um, Seric in front of his wife and son yes <laughs> right and, I, okay so it's pretty uh, horrible. Killed Sarek in front of his wife and son, but we know he's got other kids too, right? Well, maybe not in that timeline.
3: Okay,
1: right? Because <laughs> in that timeline, he's got Cybok, which is a half uh, brother, and also Burnham uh, from our in our timeline, who was mm-hmm. her family was killed, and and uh, Sarek took them in. But if you think about the current timeline we're in, uh, Burnham's a human. And humans would never a human would never be put to be adopted by the Vulcan race because, you know, they're uh, they're not human. So a safe galaxy is a human galaxy. So he wouldn't have had Burnham. Right. What's that?
0: Spock is half human.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Right.
1: Right. So we don't we don't know when he said in front of his wife and son, we don't know that 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 was Spock. Right. It could have been his Vulcan wife and Vulcan son. I think Over it's an area.
2: assumption, though, that
0: so yeah. So not only though is, are the characters like Picard and whatnot. Not only has that part of the timeline changed, but we also see that Earth itself is significantly different. Yeah, Earth is been... Go ahead. Yeah, the the apparently we just never saved the planet. <laughs> we just let uh, pollution keep on going, and let now it, there's some it, sort of planetary shield or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, everything looks shitty. Right,
1: and it's <laughs> shitty. And 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 this this day that we're on, uh, also happens to be uh, what is it? Uh,
3: Eradication day.
0: Eradication day. Yeah, big party.
3: We're not we're not kidding, people. Like this this is a different time. A safe space is a human space. Yes, like, that is the motto of this season. That is the the motto of the the, the period that we are in. Right, the card is the head of it, (laughs) and so extermination day. Well, yes, uh, we got to talk about Seven of Nine, yeah,
1: yeah. And extermination day is where they kill captured prisoners from um, other races. And today, Mm -hmm. the Borg Queen is set to be killed publicly, the last last Borg, the Borg Mm -hmm. Queen, because they've defeated the Borg in the future, and um or in this time period and uh Picard is the one that gets to carry out the actual assassination. How exciting mm-hmm. for him. Uh, Execution. Uh, Execution.
0: Yeah, something I'm not entirely clear on here uh is this the Borg Queen that was on the ship when it yes, exploded. Yes, so
3: that's my understanding. I think
1: there's that's only one the Borg Queen and because she remembers both timelines. Yes. So well, they the,
0: Apparently the Borg queens can see yeah, into yeah, other yeah. timelines and like Yeah,
3: they they have some kind of what they call it, like a temporal conversion <clears throat> or something like that. So yeah. when timelines are messed with, it also messes with the Borg because of the way they're all interlinked. Yeah. So that
1: was sort of in the same way that Gynen has as we've seen in past time change episodes in TNG where You know, like I'm thinking yesterday's Enterprise, for example, where Tasha Yar came back and we saw the Enterprise C and Guinan knew that that timeline was not the way it was supposed to be. So anyway, go ahead.
0: Uh, So mm. Uh, (laughs) that uh, the whole timeline thing and the Borg being able to sense like the, the messing with the timeline. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's why they didn't, like, make contact and say, help us, Picard. It's was like they, they could sense what Q was up to or something and knew that he was fucking with the timeline and that in the new timeline their entire race was going to be dead. So they're that like, okay.
3: Be. Yeah, they could be. Yeah.
0: If hmm. there's only one person who can actually deal, deal with uh, Q you. and that's
3: a card.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: So to to branch out to a couple of the other people and kind of what their roles are, we have we have uh 7 of 9 who is now human. You know, never got captured by the Borg, um, the Borg, and, and 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 converted over to, you know, the future half-borg or whatever you want to call her. Uh, no implants. She's now a human and she's the president. Right.
1: President uh, of Earth.
3: Yep. Yep, president. And Confederation. uh we got, Yeah uh doctor also uh, known
1: as Annika seven shot yes
3: <laughs> yep. so dr uh, agnes Gerardi uh um, dr Girati, she's still a doctor in this world and, and she's kind of like the lead scientist if you will behind studying this captured queen board or at least she's running some kind of lab or whatever um there's a part in there where she calls um seven by her name seven and and it confuses uh others so she has to come up with uh, uh a story of like we're all drinking college buddies you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, <so laughs> you you seven shot the, yeah yeah the seven <laughs> shot nickname which was uh, pretty specifically great.
0: her husband who is like the minister of something mm-hmm. yes right so
3: uh even despite all that there's some other key things to kind of paint the picture of this world that we're in and, and Elmore is is now part of like a uh a resistance team group if you will um and there's a scene in there where there are buildings being bombed in a city um that he's running around and uh uh, dealing with as well and he ends up getting captured by uh raf who is like head of police or chief of police or something like that Mm -hmm. um so everyone's kind of got these weird, unique roles, but you also get the sense that there are a lot of people out there that are not happy with how um, they've eradicated all these races across um, the universe. And uh, yeah, so that uh, that's Elmore, and, and he's got to basically, you know, he's on the run in this time period because he's not—he's not welcome. He's a species that should be killed, which um, which
1: is a huge. Um change from mm-hmm. just the previous episode where we saw him as the first romulan to graduate starfleet academy yeah that's and, a significant point yep yeah assigned to uh, a new starship um and uh now here he is you know sort of a refugee uh and a wanted man because uh of all this uh uh rebellion that's going on and these buildings that are being destroyed so
0: yeah i mean the first day of a job is always kind of rough but that seems <laughs> a little bit out of hand yeah
3: did yeah to give you to kind of give you perspective they blew up several large buildings one for basically each race that was eradicated yeah. um so what you have is um all of these other uh uh species um, that have come together in this rebellion and they're on earth and they're trying to do their best to do something about it or be heard. And they've united in that respect. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one for the, for the, for the, uh, they, they named all the home planets and I don't remember them all, but it was, you know, Kronos, Andor, uh, or, Andor, and yep, they, they, they there was like each explosion. Uh, there's a scene where they're, uh, you don't see, you see a couple of the buildings go down, but as Elnor is talking with this other person and she's going on about, you know, one explosion for this planet, another one for that one. And you hear these explosions and flickerings of light in the background and she's naming off these planets and you get the sense of like, they have really done some destruction uh, on mm-hmm. the human side, you know, uh, uh, general Picard has really just gone out and re- wrecked the place. So, uh, because a safe space is a human space. It just <laughs> That's Right.
1: right. Yeah, now and now we see um Q, um a lot differently, a lot darker. Yep. And it's almost as if something's wrong with him. Yep, and Picard um, calls that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at one point he even uh seriously backhands Picard and mm-hmm. gives him a bloody nose. Um, <laughs> You know, and, uh, yeah, he's really a lot darker character. And um, it seems that, um, I
3: don't know, I... I... He was pretty dark the first round, though. Uh, Yeah. He was dark, but he never really... Uh, if I recall, he wasn't really in a physical altercation. No, no, no.
0: He, he never was, did anybody, although Cisco words.
3: did punch him.
0: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, maybe this is all because Cisco knocked something loose when he blocked <laughs> <laughs> Q.
3: Yes. Yeah. Q's no, uh, always been about making a point, teaching a lesson, but in the harshest ways, in the yeah. scariest ways, and he uses words really to, to kind of drive home points and, and does a lot of interrogating, if you will, uh, and and this was completely different. This was almost, it, it felt almost
0: vindictive,
3: like taking something out on Picard or vengeful, maybe. I, mm. I don't know. And yeah.
0: he said that. He said that it's penance. It's not a test. It's right. a penance. penance. <laughs> huh.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, and we know what we find out that um, from Picard um, talking to this captured board queen before she's supposed to be executed, that there was a change to the timeline, and that change happened in 2024 that turned the world dark. And I'm thinking maybe some ancestor of Picard helped get Trump reelected.
0: I was going to say, <laughs> who gets Trump gets reelected. <laughs> we don't like to get political, but come on, that's a oh. dark future. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
1: But yeah, so something happened in our time. So we know they've got to go back to our time frame Mm -hmm. and um, uh, they they're trying to figure out how to do that because they haven't found any evidence that there's any kind of time travel in this timeline that they're in now. And the particular point of the uh, future, well, their future or their Mm -hmm. current time that they're in and so picard says well you know we know how to do this without advanced technology kirk did this uh you just have to fly around a, a solar body you know and mm-hmm. and you can warp back in time and they're saying yeah but we don't have a spock to be able to do those calculations for us and uh i feel they, like
2: he looks a little bit like alex trebek
1: yeah. And, oh, uh, I think oh, it's Dr. Gerardi that he's says, that. well, we, we have the Borg queen. She yep. could do the calculations, but that means that they have to take the Borg queen with her and plug her into the systems on board, um, Rios's, um, uh, star freighter, the, the, um, La Serena and, um, so that's kind of one of the last things we see in uh, episode two is they're on board the ship and the Borg Queen gets plugged into the ship. Uh, but about that time, they're uh, surrounded and, and boarded by uh, Earth uh, security for stealing yeah, I the Borg expect, Queen.
3: I didn't expect that episode to kind of end the way that it did. So yeah. um, it, it, I like the suspense and the cliffhanger there. But at the same time, I was like, really? Uh, i I figured they would have been done with uh the people on earth and moving on to, to start their time travel adventure, if you will, but right I'm
1: really
0: curious to see
3: how this plays out yeah,
1: I, don't think I time
0: to screw around some come on yeah,
1: yeah well <laughs> and I, I i did see the uh the little teaser for the next episode, mm-hmm. and we see the Borg Queen um really taking control of la Serena and, uh, yes, in, what the, could in, go wrong there? in the short, in the short clip that we saw. So we're going to have to assume that it's some, somehow they, they get away with the, the board Queens help. So, but I'm not sure that that's going to be, uh, all that positive for them. I don't know. It's out of the frying pan into the fire. Maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what choice do they have ultimately they, when they look at the risk, they know that, you know, they, they have to make a decision. So, um, yeah. Either way, I've really loved how the season started. Um, yes, and I've really loved the new take on how dark a world could be just by simply changing something in timeline. So right, um, <laughs> super super excited about this season.
1: Yeah, I can't so, wait for the
3: next episode.
0: So yeah, uh, they act, they do, they drop a lot of references uh, throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in it, they do mention through a mirror darkly. Uh, the title of the episode where they go into the mirror dimension.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I wonder what the mirror dimension of this. I know. And that looks like
1: mm-hmm. that would be yeah. interesting? You would think it would be the opposite. It might be you know the nice uh, Federation mm-hmm. that we know.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but that's yeah, right. This timeline re- really kind of resembles the mirror oh, man, universe goes, and the. Right. What is it? The Terran mm-hmm. Dominion?
1: Yeah. The oh. Terran Empire. Empire. The
0: Terran Empire. Yeah. So I mean this is very similar. This is kind of uh, this is kind of some uh content we've already or not content, but a world we've already
1: gotten a little, a little familiar with
0: familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Where they're yeah. uh, not the positive influence on the galaxy that they are in the Gene Roddenberry's like (laughs) perfect vision of humanity. Right. Uh, Right.
1: And uh, Chris and I were having a little discussion uh, about this on uh, discord about uh, specifically around Q and uh, Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, we have to keep in mind that, you know, Picard now is what, 20 years older than we last saw him from the movie, the last movie that he was in. Um, but for all intents and purposes, Q could be a thousand years older or a million years older mm-hmm. and just pop back to this particular time to do something. So we don't know all this intervening time what has happened to Q um, or how old he really is. At the beginning of the episode, uh, we see him as his younger self. They did some great CGI on that, uh, CGI work on that to make him look like the Q that mm-hmm. um, we saw. Uh, in the next gen series and then he aged himself at, with a snap just to kind of make himself look more <laughs> like picard right which which yep. i thought was a great way to do that kind, uh, to
0: kind of save the studio a bunch of money of uh the yeah doing digital the composition
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah so it'll be interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing uh how uh brent spiner fits into this whole thing uh, from the yeah. previews we've seen uh he plays a, a relative of Noonian Soong, Sung, uh Dr. Sung that created Data. Um, and uh maybe he's developed some sort of a thing. I don't know. But uh there is yeah, there's the uh there's the younger Q. Yep. Um uh, but I think they gave him more hair. They were kind of kind to him in the hair <laughs> <aspect> <laughs> than what I remember him having, but um but yeah, no, he looked great. I thought, and he really looks good as uh, very distinguished as the older cue. think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he looked really good. Well, um, yeah, we're kind of uh, a little bit over time here, but I want to touch real quick on um, Discovery, um, and I thought that the seasons, uh, this season of Discovery, has been very good. Uh, I thought they really started getting their footing in season three when they jumped into the future. We don't have to worry about any more of these canon violations really they're exploring their whole new world and they seem to have kind of got their footing and in this season um i've been pretty happy with it so far um the uh the only caveat i have is his last episode they did really irritate the shit out of me being <laughs> a technical network guy um so since most of you haven't seen this yet i'll just briefly tell you uh there's uh if you've seen episode or season three, you know General Endoye, who is the general that protects Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So she's in this season and she's uh, on board Discovery as a uh, observer from Earth because Earth has not rejoined the Federation yet. She's on Discovery and um, she uh, falls in with a, a, a bad group um, that are trying to destroy this species that is apparently inadvertently uh, destroying uh, parts of the Federation planets. And um, so at this one point they're saying, okay, well, in order to complete our sabotage here, we need you to vent plasma from the discovery's Mm -hmm. nacelles. And so she says, okay, now she's, not part of a planet that's a member of the Federation. She's an observer on the ship. She manages to go to a console, bring up the holographic display, punch in, you know, release, vent the plasma, you know, do all the things. So she knows how to, how to handle the controls on a starship that's from the third, 23rd century in the whatever, 33rd century. And then it comes up and it asks her for her um, authorization command. Boop, boop, boop. She pups that in and even phew, have, vents, vents the plasma.
3: How does she even have authorization? How does that?
1: Exactly. Exactly. How in the hell, how in the hell, first of all, did she get access to a console that would even allow her access to those controls? Oh, my god! She should have access to read her email. That's yeah. it. And she's got access to, <laughs> to the engineering controls, to tell the ship to vent the plasma. And then... It asked for the authorization code, which somehow she also has, and that at that point, I I almost threw my Wi-Fi router through the screen because I was so angry. But <laughs> they're, they're I, not I, just more not trusting in
3: the future. What's Is that? They're not just more trusting in the future. <laughs> no. Well, it's it's an example of lazy <laughs> writing, and those details yes. kind of matter as as much as they get into details and do throwbacks and the little things that do that. You can't let something like that kind of slide because it doesn't make sense. I know I
1: that just took me completely out. And the, and the, and the other thing is, is the, the bad guys in this, uh, one of them, uh, um, is Booker, who you probably know is, um, uh, Burnham's love interest from yes. season three. Right. And, but they've kind of taken divergent paths here, a uh, uh, belief in a divergent approach for dealing with this, um, Threat to uh, the Alpha Quadrant, and um, so Book has teamed up with this mad scientist uh, by the name of Tarka, and
0: always a good choice.
1: Yeah, right. And uh, so earlier in this season, we see a point where uh, they're trying to get a message to the aliens uh, before they long before they meet them, and. The you know Burnham wants to send this message, and the Federation has agreed to send a specific message through. But uh, Book and Tarka's approach is no, we're not sending the message through this this system that is threatening our galaxy. We're just going to destroy it, and if that in the process sends a a pulse back through subspace to the uh, the aliens that originated this thing and kills them, well, so be it. We've saved our our universe, right, and um, so it gets right up to the climactic scene where they're about to do go one way or the other, and um, of course Burnham finds out. You know, oh yeah, you know this this is a mistake. I think, and and we can actually talk to these people and or, uh, these beings and get them to stop. Um, and Book says, okay, Books uh, understands what he's telling her, and he agrees to stand down. But this mad scientist that he's brought onto his ship suddenly has the ability to go ahead and launch these um, these weapons out of the photon tubes on the ship and fire and take over command and and keep Booker from doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, there's (laughs) another example where there's no frickin security, um, you know. (laughs) And uh, and that's that's not the end of it. In this last episode, you think Book would have learned and upped the security on a ship because he's still working with this asshole. <laughs> and no, it gets to the end. And of course, boom, you know, uh, all of a sudden, uh, Book's captured and in a force field on his own ship and Tarka's doing whatever the F he wants. And so that's the part that's just really kind of killing me this season is this whole, you know, um, no apparent minimal security even to keep this type of stuff from happening. But overall, I do love the season. I love where they're going with the story I think is great. Uh, There's been a lot of good character development. We're seeing a lot more activity on the, uh, a lot more interaction with the bridge crew. They're getting to do a lot more things. And so we're starting to see more of them. So uh, I think that's all a good thing. So, but I'm looking forward to this coming Thursday which by the time this episode will come out will be tomorrow, uh, will be the, the ultimate episode for season four of Discovery. So it'll be exciting to see where that goes. So if you're not watching that, I encourage you to watch it. You'll just have to kind of grimace a little bit through the, uh, the obvious security violations. Um, but other than that, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, I think that it uh, probably bothered you more than other people, Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: And then Strange New Worlds, May 5th.
1: Yes, and we saw oh, yeah. some uh, some new trailers for that at the start of Picard. Strange New Worlds looks like yep. that is going to be a fantastic series. I'm loving the the uniforms, the look, um, and uh, just everything about it. I think is going to be just just
0: awesome. So brand new, canon violations. <laughs> yeah, potentially, potentially. A brand new stupid looking version of the Klingons. No, I hope no, not. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh,
1: I I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing the Klingons will probably look similar to what they did in the early seasons of Discovery, but not quite as bald and and bizarre.
0: I think they should look kind of like they did in the in TOS. Come on. I know
1: in TOS. Well, yeah. I mean that would make sense. Yeah, would, would make sense. Yeah, right. Right. They absolutely would right, especially because they kind of justified the way they looked in the TOS in an episode of DS9, I think, where there was some sort of uh, genetic on uh, <laughs> genetic virus or genetic thing that was released or something like
0: that.: So we don't talk about it. right, Right work said <laughs> but, right so but we do yeah let so, talk about it.
1: Yeah, if you're not watching uh, Picard or Star Trek Discovery, you're missing some really good sci-fi out there. So, encourage folks to do that. Anybody have any last thoughts or uh, any questions for the audience? That uh...
0: Uh, one, because I love it every time that he shows up in a show. Patton Oswalt is in Card. He's the. Cat AI that uh, the doctor made to her oh. oh. friend. <laughs> I <didn't
1: realize laughs> that it.
3: explains that. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was definitely Patton Oswald's voice. Yeah. I I love it every time he shows up in a show. <laughs> and uh, happy as I am to have seen Guinan in Picard, I am kind of sad that the we've instantly gone away from. We're, we're in another timeline already, and so we can't. No one else is going to be, really be showing up unless it's a teaser at the end of the la- last episode. No yeah. Worf, no Jordy, uh, no Crusher. Right, but we could you know how Guinan. much it would. What we
1: could see, we could see Guinan again, maybe, because yeah. she's long lived and she was on
3: Earth back during the time of Mark Twain.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: Question for our audience: For any of those watching, uh, Picard what do you think is wrong with Q?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a very good question.
0: I Ooh, love that. Yeah. What do you guys know. think is wrong with Q? Let's end with that. I, I don't
3: yeah, know. Yeah, well, well, I was talking with Bill earlier, I, I, and I asked the question because I couldn't remember, you know, is Q immortal? Yeah. Is it really yeah. immoral. So I think, you know, is it a life-ending thing or, you know, is it something uh, is is his yeah. life coming to an end or something I don't know. So this could be his farewell to Picard. I I, I again, I'm not sure. So Yeah, and but we do I'm
1: know sure. we do know that that they're immortal. Um mm-hmm. we do know because um in the um Deja Q episode, we see um Q is stripped of his immortality, made mortal and human mm-hmm. and put on the Enterprise. And so he has to, you know, experience the pain and suffering of mortality and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end he redeems himself through a selfless act and he's made a member of the Q again. And he, you know, appears on the enterprise with the mariachi band, you know, singing, oh. I'm, I'm immortal again, omnipotent again. And then there was also a Voyager episode where we saw a different member of the Q that wanted to end his life because he was sick of immortality and he didn't want to go on anymore. And so that was a whole disruption to the Q continuum because no Q had ever, Offed himself, and they were supposed to be immortal and long lived, and all this kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see if yeah. maybe Q's reached that same point where he wants to off himself, or maybe <laughs> somehow he's he's sick, but I mean, or, you're or injured out, by the continuum
3: because that maybe. was maybe, yeah,
1: yeah, maybe... but if he's sick, you'd think he could just snap and cure himself, but who knows? Huh? Yeah, Linda.
2: He He talked a lot about Picard and look how horrible it was to get old. I mean, he did that. He said a couple of times, oh, my God, look at all the wrinkles we have or all the, oh, this is awful. Am I thinking what?
3: (laughs) Yeah, but he likes doing he he complained about being human a lot. Yeah. When he had to when he had to be human. Yeah. But but the oldness was just supposed to be a display. It wasn't supposed to be
2: real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, re- he really he really went into how old Picard looked and how look what time does to us. I think he said something like that.
1: Yeah. Although in Picard's case, at this point it's kind of self-inflicted because he could have op- he could have opted, for, opted a for a android younger android body in theory. Yeah. If yeah. he hadn't been such a stodgy old stubborn bastard, they probably would have given him a younger body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he you know, he, he doesn't want anything changed. He wants to, you know, uh, Live his life like it would have been had he been human. So that's you know understandable and, and perfectly in in tune with his character. I think. So, yeah. but all right. all right. Well, great question. Yeah, let us know what you think about Q and uh, be sure to check us out at GalacticDriftwood.Space um, and our partner podcasters on SynergyNation.net uh, SynNation.net. Synergy Nation is the name of the group. S Y N. S Y N, not S I N. Unless we were in that alternate Picard universe, and it might be s i n yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll see you next time. Next time we're gonna be talking about uh, raised by wolves as well as the Adam Project. So uh, we we'll look forward to that discussion. Have a great week, everybody. Live long and prosper, and we will see you next time. Um, and I don't know why I never think to get ready for this part, but here
2: we <laughs> but bye bye.